This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg. We are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing and encouraging. It is so great to be with you today. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking Ministries studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've got my producer Landon here with us. We've got our producer Chris uh, as well. And, and so we've got a fun show for you today as we continue to prepare for fantasy drafts. And so we will tell you the players that actually today we're going to tell you a couple of the players that we're pounding the table for, uh, guys that we really buy into, guys that we think are going to break out this year. Uh, we're also going to let you know players that we think are busts this year. And Harrison will share his top 10 quarterbacks and top 10 tight end rankings. And I'll get to debate a little bit with them. So uh, we'll have some fun there as well. Uh, as always, you can email us fantasy at unpackingit.com fantasy at unpackingit.com. And if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome uh, we take fantasy concepts, we relate them to the Bible uh, during our segment coming up, uh, which is a little faith and fantasy, but we also have lots more content available to you and your league to use throughout the fantasy season to add more meaning and purpose to playing fantasy football. And so if you want to grow in your faith, develop fellowship or community, deeper relationships, uh, develop those relationships in your league throughout the season. We want to help you do that. And, and so you can become a Fantasy Football Fellowship member on our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com, and you get access to all of the content, the, the resources, the, the tips uh, that help your league operate in with a different perspective, in a different way than just just playing fantasy football, just the average fantasy league. We want to see fantasy leagues take it up a notch and, and, and have more fun, but also experience spiritual growth and, and, and deeper relationships. So that's why we're here. And so we'll, we'll have some fun in the meantime, talking fantasy football here on this podcast. We'll talk faith and life as well. And, and hopefully we will help you win your league. So that's uh that's part of the deal as well. I got my two fantasy rings uh, in front of me here. So, it's the reminder. Hey, we're playing for the ring, baby. Playing for the ring. On a fantasy perspective, from a spiritual standpoint, we're living for Jesus and, and proud to do so. So we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Uh, I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. 
And so if you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare offers programs for every budget, but here's the key. The best part for members of MediShare, on average, you save 50% or more on healthcare costs. And so my family, we are members, have been for over six years. It's been a great fit for us and encourage you to check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it to find out if MediShare is the right option for you. It is an alternative to health insurance. So it's a unique structure, a unique setup, but it's a, a Christian-based organization. And, and so it, it allows uh, members to save money. So it's a, it's a, it's a really cool, cool setup and, and appreciate their support of the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast presented by MediShare. All right, let's say hello to Harrison Zuckerberg. And we're excited to talk breakout players. So Harrison, when, when we talk about breakout players, what are some things that you really look for as you start looking through different names, what bubbles up, what, what, makes, what makes a great breakout player? You're looking for guys that are either putting new opportunities, maybe on a new team with a new head coach or a new quarterback, or guys that took a step in an opportunity last year and are going to expand on it this season. So there's a lot of guys in the NFL that have moved around teams, but you're looking for the guys who are going to ascend in their new role, not maybe fall behind, that can really take advantage of what's in front of them. And for me, the first guy who I think is a true breakout candidate this year is Darnell Mooney for the Chicago Bears. A lot of people don't know about him because Chicago's been a really bad offensive team, but he is a great wide receiver. He was number seven in target separation last year and number 11 in route wins, which is a stat that counts pretty much how many times do you get open? How many times do you beat your cornerback who is guarding you? And the fact that he was almost top 10 in that stat should really show how good he is as an actual player. But now is the opportunity there for him in the Chicago offense? You know, new offensive coordinator coming in, worked in the Green Bay coaching staff last year, and they feel really comfortable in Green Bay giving Devontae Adams a ton of targets. I think they're going to be really comfortable doing that with Darnell Mooney as well. And we saw last year from week 10 to week 17, you know, the last couple games of the season, he was on pace for 172 targets over a 17 game season, which would have been second in the NFL last year after Cooper Cup. He really has a good connection with Justin Fields. We hope the offense can get just a little bit better, but I think he's going to be a main part of it next year for the Chicago Bears and really break out, especially in fantasy PPR leagues. So Harrison is a Chicago Bear fan, so he's slightly biased, but I do think he's on to something here. Mooney really came on toward the end of the season, and, and really the Bears are one of those interesting teams for us in fantasy. I, I think they will be overlooked and kind of undervalued, and, and I think – it's interesting to take a look at Justin Fields to get him late in drafts. Uh, I think it's worth getting behind the running back situation. I, I, I like David Montgomery, but last year I fell in love with Khalil Herbert. And, and so I actually, I, I like his chances if Montgomery goes down again or, or to even be involved in, in some type of committee there too. Uh, so I like the running game, uh, especially with, with the bears. And then I also like Cole, Cole Komet. So, all of those guys with the Bears have value, and then the breakouts really, the opportunity there is Darnell Mooney, Khalil Herbert, Cole, Cole uh, Komet, um, 
Cole Komet, and then uh, Justin Fields. So we know about uh, the running back, the, the main guy. His name just escaped me. Yeah, David Montgomery. So, um, so there you go. So th- those guys are are all you know kind of candidates for for breakouts this year, and um, a couple other names to to think about. And then I'll give you kind of the, the one that I want to focus on. You know, will Trey Lance break out in San Francisco? Will uh, Rondell Moore in in Arizona? Uh, what about uh, Tommy Tremble, a tight end in Carolina? He he's coming into his second season. I'm intrigued by him for sure. So those are some of the the, the potential candidates. But I'm going to land on the the one guy that I'm willing to pound the table for is Tony Pollard, and I have been on that bandwagon for a while. Uh, but he's he's going in like round six or seven in in drafts right now. And last year, career highs in rushing yards, 719. Yards per carry, five and a half. 39 catches, 337 receiving yards. So he is a, a dual threat running back. He's still technically the backup to Zeke. But a lot of Cowboys fans realized last year, wait a second. Is Tony Pollard better than Zeke? We know t- we know Zeke's making more money, but Pollard looks better. He's averaging more yards per carry. He's got a burst. He's 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 more of a, a kind of a, a big play threat. Zeke just seems to be grinding it out, and and I know he showed glimpses at times, but I like Pollard, and so I I'm I'm in on him, and I like that you know during the offseason season he was doing individual drills at at wide receiver, so working on his receiver skills. Uh, which I think adds even more value to what he can do. Uh, but he's a he's a good runner. He's a good runner as well. The burst is what gets it for me. Um, you can just see it. He and part of that is he doesn't have as many carries, but he does a lot with little. If he gets a little bit more, the value of getting him in the, in a middle round, I, I think, can be tremendous for fantasy GMs this year. All right, Harrison, what other breakout candidate do you like, and and who are you pounding the table for? Yeah, so one guy that I really like this year is he's a veteran. He's been around for a while, but now he's switching teams, and I think he might go under the radar a little bit, but is going to have a really solid season, and that is Russell Gage for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Antonio Brown has gone from that team. Rob Gronkowski has gone for that team, and Chris Godwin is probably going to be out for the first maybe even half of the season with this injury he had last year. Gage will slide right into that slot-wide receiver spot in the offense, Offense, which we have seen Godwin produce in, you know, and Brady loves to target his slot wide receivers. So I think this is going to be a really valuable position for him for the first half of the year. And then even once Godwin comes back, we've seen Tampa Bay be able to support three wide receivers, especially with Antonio Brown in the past. I think Gage can still be a really solid third guy, and he will continue to have a great season in this offense as someone who. You know, he's been in Atlanta the last couple of years, doesn't really score a lot of touchdowns, gets overlooked. I think as a veteran coming into a new situation in Tampa Bay, he really has the chance to break out as the number wide receiver, you know, two or three there. What gets it for me with him is that Brady went after him. It seems like he really recruited him. And so if Brady saw something in him that he's the type of receiver that he likes, I can get behind that. So so I'm intrigued by Gage as well especially if he's one of those guys, a value pick where people, you know, they're not familiar with him in Tampa with Tom Brady and it might get overlooked. So, uh, so that's a good, good name to keep an eye out for, uh, for sure. All right. The other breakout candidate for me, and it's, it's a little bold to pound the table for him, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
because as many listeners know, I do like the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. I'm a Panthers and a Colts fan. So I keep an eye on the Colts. Well, back in 2019, they had a running back named Marlon Mack. And we've, we've, we've forgotten about him. But it's the return of the Mack, baby. He is back. He was back healthy last year. And, and the key, the, 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 the situation last year was Jonathan Taylor was awesome. Naeem Hines was the second running back. And, and so there was no room for Marlon Mack last year. So the positive thing is he's now two years removed from the Achilles injury and was actually healthy last year. And now he goes to the Houston Texans with the chance to be their starter. Now, Rex Burkhead is a nice running back, veteran running back, but, but he, he can't put up the type of numbers that Marlon Mack has already proven to be capable of, of putting up. He's only 26 years old, but he hasn't played in two years. And so you could argue, all right, there's some rust there. That's fair. But to me, he hasn't had the wear and tear either. So as long as he's recovered from the injury and has the opportunity, now the Texans stink. We, we know that. But every team, and we'll talk about this probably on another episode because it's, it's another thing that I bang the table for, you can't overlook the bad teams. They're still, they're still fantasy gold. You just have to mine for it a little bit. You got to kind of dust it off. You're like, wait, 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 who do I go after? To me, Marlon Mack is one of those guys. And get this, he's going in rounds 11 or 12. At that point, you're rolling the dice on guys. But this guy could be, you know, a, a pretty solid contributor because Rex Burkhead actually showed that you can score fantasy points in Houston because he did it at the end of last year. Um, I just think Marlon Mack will be better than Burkhead, even if Burkhead's more of, more of a compliment uh, this season. So um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's got he's got a lot of lot of possibilities. Uh, he had 261 touches in 2019, so the Colts relied on him in a big way, and and I think uh, the Texans will also. All right, Harrison. So there, there are our breakout candidates. Guys we're willing to to pound the table for. If you listen to previous episodes, uh, you've heard some of the other names that that we really like this year. Uh, of course, I, I continue to 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 love Austin Eckler. He's one of my my guys for sure. So I'll always bang the table for for him. Um, I, I'm intrigued with. Uh, Last week, I talked about CMC, uh, Christian McCaffrey coming back healthy. So I'll, I'll continue to, to bang the table for him. Uh, remind us of anybody else that that just over the last couple of episodes, Harrison, you you have been banging the table for people that you're excited about, get players that you're excited about. Oh, there's so many players I'm excited about this year. I mean, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, you know, wide receivers. You got T Higgins, you got CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson. There's a lot of great players this year who aren't being talked about in that first round consideration, who I think will end up as top five or top 10 players at their position. Yeah. Other guys for me, AJ Dillon in, in green Bay, definitely pounding the table. Um, I, I still, I still like the, the Raiders with Derek Carr, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. I like all of those guys. I like Devontae Adams as well. You, you usually have to pay a, a hefty price for him, which I don't like to get the top, top receivers. I like to wait probably to, to round three. Uh, that's usually my draft strategy, but but I, I am banging the table for the Raiders as well as the Eagles, as well as the Jaguars. So anyway, so I say, I say all of that, and, and you, you hear some of the, the, the names that, that Harrison is excited about as well. And I want to transition into our, our faith and fantasy segment where we take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible, relate them to our own lives, and 
in the NFL draft, this, this saying gets thrown around as well, where you'll hear either coaches or, or analysts saying, hey, these are the players that I'm pounding the table for. These are the players that I really believe in. And I've seen them play. And, and I, I, I love what I see. And I really want this team to, to draft this player. And so that's the same for us as, as fantasy GMs. You know, we may be talking to people outside of our league. You can't tell league members, but, you know, just in conversation as we, as we talk to people wherever that, that are willing to talk fantasy with us, which is always fun. There are certain guys who are like, oh, yeah, this year I'm really going to draft this guy. I'm, 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 you know, quote unquote, pounding the table for this player. I really want him. And, and I got to tell you about him. Here's what he's going to do. Here's the, here's the stats. Here's the, the reasoning, which we do on this show uh, for the guys that, that, that we really uh, love and appreciate uh, from a fantasy perspective. And, and so, you know, uh, you got to be kind of loud enough when it comes to an NFL draft for whether like maybe you're a scout, you got to let the GM know, Hey, no, seriously, I went and saw this player. Like you gotta, you gotta really listen to the story and, and be confident and bold in telling about that player to the GM so that ultimately the GM listens to you as a scout. And, and then, so for us, we just have to convince ourselves. So if, if we're, if we're pounding the table for a player, we got to go draft that guy. And, and maybe we have to trade up to, to get that guy as well. But how this parallels to our own lives is what are we most passionate about in, in, our, in our own life? And, and who or what are we pounding the table uh, about? Are we willing to, to tell people, oh, man, you got to see this movie? No, no, seriously, listen, listen, you, you got to go watch this movie. Or, oh, man, I went to this unbelievable restaurant. You got to go see it. You got to go see it. And so sometimes we do those things. And, and we know people from a political standpoint, they're always pounding the table for their favorite uh, candidate or, or whatever side they're on. They, they love doing that as well. And, and, you know, all of that is to me just, you know, take it or leave it type of stuff. And, and even with fantasy as well. But here's where I think we need to, to land as far as what we're actually most passionate about, what we're really pounding the table about. And, and that's humbly respectfully telling other people about Jesus and pointing people to him and, and letting people know, Hey, listen, he's changed my life. He's made a difference in my life. I have seen him. I have seen him do this. I have, I have seen his, his hand, maybe I haven't seen him physically, but we've seen the work of the Lord in our lives. We can say, this is who I used to be. This is who I am now. And this was, this was what my life was like before I knew him. And, and this is what it's like now. I now have peace. I now have joy. I now have clarity. I now have purpose. I now have meaning. And it's because of him. And so we want to pound the table and say, listen, this is what God's done for me. And, and so it, it's not that we force people to, hey, you, you need to know Jesus as well in, in this forcefully annoying type of way but it's more from a, a passionate, convincing, bold type of, uh, of strategy um, and, and to just explain what he's done for us. And, and so hopefully we are confident in who Jesus is and we truly believe in what he's capable of and, and, and why he, more than anyone or anything, is worthy to be the one that we select or follow and, and surrender our lives to. That, that 
when we are led to speak up and declare our allegiance and, and, and advocate for him and to say, no, seriously, he's the real deal. He's the one to follow. He's the one we want. He's the one we go after. Uh, one more time. Pound the table. Got to pound the table. And, and so 1 Peter 3.15 gives us this encouragement. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And, and so... You know, by by being uh, this excited and, and confident uh, about him, and and appreciative and thankful and humble for who he is and what he's done in our life, we can confidently declare, as Paul does in Romans, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes." And and so let's stand firm as followers of Jesus, as Christ's ambassadors, boldly share the the, the gospel, tell people about. Jesus' death and resurrection and the way he's changed us and the way that he can change someone else's life as well um, and, and lovingly and graciously uh, tell others about him and, and, and let, let them know that, that he's the answer and the one that we truly need and the one that we're all searching for and looking for. Uh, once we find him, we know, hey, that, that was what I was looking for. But for those that are still searching, to let them know, man, this guy, he's awesome. He's the best. So that's who I... Uh, that's who I live for. That's who I follow. And, and so I'm, I'm passionate and excited to, uh, to pound the table for him today on this show. And, and, and really, as we do the show each week throughout the season. So it's fun to talk some fantasy guys that we're excited about. But that's where the, the, the greater passion and excitement uh, is for, for me, for sure. And, and I know it is for the other guys that are part of the show as well. All right. So. Let's uh let's shift gears to a little bit more negative of a topic, but it is important that we talk about these players. We have to talk about the busts. As excited as we are about certain guys, there are also guys that we're negative about that we're not so sure. We're 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 not really uh confident that they're going to deliver this season. And and so Harrison uh will bring you back here to to talk about busts and you know, off the bat, you know, you think about all right, who are some of the young players? Do we buy into them? Like, is Zach Wilson, is he going to take a step this year, or is he truly a bust in New York? Devin Singletary, he's kind of had an up-and-down career. Now the Bills have some other options. So will Devin Singletary be a bust this year? DK Metcalf without Russell Wilson. Tyree Kill with Tua. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, there's some other weapons in Detroit now. Uh, what about Kyle Pitts without Matt Ryan? So, um, Harrison, I'll let you, uh, you jump in first. And, uh, who do you think is a bust that you're avoiding this season? So my first guy that I'm avoiding is like we talked about before guys going into new situations. Are they going to excel or maybe underperform from what they've done in the past for fantasy? And for me, that guy is Amari Cooper, who I think is going to underperform in his new role. Now the Browns are already a really run heavy team in the past. We know that that's what they want to do. And now it looks that most likely Jacoby Brissett will be their starting QB for the season. That really limits Cooper's red zone usage, in my opinion, and then also his big playability. The Browns have never had a thousand yard receiver with Kevin Stefanski as their head coach. And Brissett has also never had a thousand yard receiver in the two seasons that he has started at QB. I think this trend is going to continue. And I really don't like the outlook for Amari Cooper this year to finish where he's being drafted right now. Yeah, I really only trust Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt 
in in Cleveland. Other than that, I, I'll probably avoid them overall. And even with Chubb and Hunt, it, it'll be more all right if that guy slipped to me a little bit. If one of them slipped, um, so yeah, I, I, I understand that take, and ugh, it seems the Browns are are icky. It's a, it's an icky situation, so I'm avoiding that. All right, so the the big bust for me, and and I have to even go back to when this player was drafted. I, I have not been on the bandwagon from the get go, except he's shown glimpses that made me look bad and question. All right, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong but it's Kyler Murray. And even though he does have incredible performances, his quickness is as good as anybody. I mean, he's just a quick quarterback, but I still think he's too small. I still think he's injury prone risk, you know, kind of a, a risky from an injury standpoint because of the way he plays. And then also the way that things kind of ended last season in Arizona was weird. Like what was going on in the playoffs and, um, or was it the last game, whatever the last game he played. Um, and then Colt McCoy was there. It's just weird. I'm like, what, what, what are we doing? And it was hard to get clarity there. And then even in the off season, wondering what's he doing with his social media. So there's that side of just who, who Kyler Murray is. Well, then throw in the fact that this season, Deandre Hopkins is going to be out for six weeks to start the season. So if you're drafting Kyler Murray, you're already at a disadvantage and, for whatever reason, people still seem excited about Kyler Murray, and he's still kind of up there in, in rankings. But last season, from week 12 through the end of the season, uh, Murray was QB 17. He averaged uh, 25 total fantasy points with DeAndre Hopkins, which is, okay, that's good. That's solid. But only 19 without Hopkins. So if we're talking about a quarterback scoring less than 20 points without you know Hopkins, which is what he's going to that's the situation he faces the first six weeks. No, thank you. I, I, I'm out. Um, and so, yeah, he averages only 237 passing yards and one touchdown per game without Hopkins. And and so uh, the inconsistency, it's just really not worth the, the the risk for me. And and so I'm I'm passing on Murray. And I think those of you that draft him, you will experience the bust, the bust of. Uh, of Kyler Murray, not the the Hall of Fame bust. I was up in the Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. Uh, not a, I'm not. They're not making a bust for Kyler Murray. He's a he's the other kind of bust. All right, who who else for you jumps out as a bust this year? So another guy for me is downgraded QB this year. In my opinion, you mentioned him before, Kyle Pitts. You know he had a lot of hype last year coming in as this superstar tight end to Atlanta. Only caught one touchdown pass last year, though, and finished decently, but the the touchdown upside really limited him. Now he comes into this season with a downgrade at QB with Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, whoever they choose. They're not going to be throwing the ball as much as Matt Ryan did. You know, there's more competition for targets now as well. They draft Drake London. They trade for Brian Edwards, which he hasn't been great in his career, but is still a guy who is better than anyone they had on the roster last year. I don't think he's going to get the same number of targets. I don't think he's going to get the quality red zone targets that we want from tight ends either, but he's going even higher than he did last year. He is going as the tight end three ahead of guys like Kittle and Waller and Dalton Schultz and Zach Ertz, guys who've already proven that they can perform. I just do not see the appeal with Kyle Pitts going as the tight end three. I think there's no chance that he finishes that high. Yeah, Atlanta. So I, I like I said earlier, you, you gotta sometimes take players on bad teams, and and so 
I, I still believe in that philosophy, but Atlanta, too much uncertainty for me. It's just, I, I just, I don't even know where to begin there because in Houston, there's some consistency there. Like Davis Mills is the quarterback there. So we, we have some understanding. I was talking about Marlon Mack earlier, but in Atlanta, I, who are there? I mean, who are the wide receivers? I don't know what they're going to, who who's going to run the ball is, is Patterson going to be the guy again? A lot of question marks. So I'm with you on that. Um, just to go back to what I was talking about, Kyler Murray, their last game last year, they were actually in the playoffs. When I said that, I go, wait, they were in the playoffs last? They were. They were They were the wild card team. They lost 34-11 to 11 to the Rams. Um, and so that, was, that, that, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth if you're Arizona. So, again, another reason I'm out. 11 points. 11 points. Kyler, where were you then? If, if we can't count on you in the NFL playoffs, I can't count on you in my fantasy season, let alone my fantasy playoffs. So you're a bust. Dude, that's not very nice. That's hurtful. Come on, Bryce. Um, all right, the other guy that that I also have been hesitant, even though I loved what he did at Alabama when he came in for Jalen Hurts, and, and it was remarkable, and, and Tua Tungavailoa was, was amazing at Alabama. But I haven't been able to grasp the transition into the NFL where he translates, where he he kind of uh, resonates in the locker room. Where is he? Is he the guy that's going to make players better uh, around him? Do the Dolphins fully, fully buy into him? I don't think they have yet. Maybe Mike McDaniel does, and that's why he took the the job as as head coach. And maybe he gets the most out of them. But as far as I'm concerned, from a fantasy perspective, I'm not buying the hype. I'm leaning on the bust side. I understand he's got weapons. I know he's got Tyree Kill. I know he's got Jalen Waddle. I, I understand Mike Gesicki is the tight end that we keep dreaming is a top tight end, but he still he leaves a lot to be desired. For Tua, there's some talent there. There is some talent around him, but I just don't see him putting it all together, and especially with a first-year head coach, an unproven head coach. And I told you on a couple episodes ago, I'm not a big Tyree Kill guy anyway, so I, I'm, I'm out on, on Tua, and I'm going to have to go uh, the other direction. Um, he, he really, the question for him is, can he throw the ball down the field? And he only averages 6.8 yards per attempt in his career. And he only had 100 and almost 81 total fantasy points in 2021. And so he averages under 14 fantasy points per game throughout his career. So he's yet to show it. I, I can't buy in just, just yet. And I probably never will. So there you go. Those are my two quarterback busts. Uh, we heard his uh, Harrison's too as well. And, and so we'll wrap up the show uh, by jumping into rankings. It's always fun. Is there anything better in fantasy than rankings? You look at different people's rankings. You come up with your own rankings. You try to figure out, all right, when I'm on the clock, who am I taking? Who, who's worth more at this position? Who's the better quarterback? Who's the better tight end? And so today... We are going to reveal Harrison, our rankings guru here at Fantasy Football Fellowship, his top 10 ranked quarterbacks, beginning with your top five. Let's hear them. Number one, we got Josh Allen. So no surprise if you listen to our first episode where we talked about who is going to be the top QB next year. Number two, Justin Herbert. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Four, Kyler Murray, which I know you already don't oh. like based on oh. your last eight. And then five, we have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so you know where I stand on Kyler. Um, I, I lean toward Herbert being number two. 
So I think he'll be a better fantasy player than Patrick Mahomes this year. So I'll I'll disagree there slightly, just just a little bit. So if I was on the clock, I would take I would take Herbert. All right, give us six through ten. So number six, we have Jalen Hurts. Seven is Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson at number eight. Tom Brady at number nine, and the number ten is Trey Lance. Oh, that is bold. All right, so I believe that. I mean, Hurts, Prescott, and Wilson. I think they'll all be better than Kyler Murray. They all could potentially be better than Lamar Jackson, which you have at five. So to me, Russell Wilson in Denver is a no-brainer. I, I think he's going to be really good. So I, I'd probably put him at, I'd probably make him a top five guy. I just, my, my big concern with him is I don't like drafting quarterbacks too high. And I feel like you have to, if, if Russell Wilson fell to me, I'd be pretty excited but I think he's going to go a lot earlier in drafts. So that's what makes me nervous. So I like the value of maybe a Dak Prescott, people kind of questioning him a little bit. Um, and then people maybe not fully buying into Jalen Hurts, whereas I do. But but tell me about Trey Lance at number 10. You're, you're sneaking him into the top 10 already? Yeah, so I liked him a lot last year just as a prospect, but he never really got the playing time because the 49ers went a win-now mode with Jimmy Garoppolo, which obviously it worked out to them. They made the NFC Championship game. But Jalen Hurts last year showed us the path that Trey Lance can take to be a top 10 QB. Jalen Hurts was not a very good passer last season still, but his rushing ability brought him to a QB9 finish for fantasy football. Trey Lance you know, he can still be not an amazing quarterback and produce. In the two games he had last year where he started, he had 24 rushing attempts. Plus, San Francisco is a top five O-line. You know, they have amazing weapons like Debo and Kittle who are great after the catch. They can turn a five-yard dump off from Lance into a 50-yard touchdown, and all of those points still go to Trey Lance. And for a second, what if... Trey Lance is an amazing quarterback. We're all assuming that he's going to be inefficient, but what if he actually is a great quarterback and can elevate the offense even higher than what they were last year? I think he has a ceiling to possibly even finish, you know, QB six or seven in that range if the passing volume and work is as good as it could possibly be. You make a you make a good argument. Um, he, I actually do have him on my my keeper team where we keep thirteen players, and so I have to decide. I have Joe Burrow and Trey Lance. So, um, oh, you don't even have Joe Burrow in your top ten. Ooh, that's interesting. All right, so yeah, I'm not necessarily huge on on Cincinnati this year, but uh, yeah, to not have Burrow in your top ten, that's that's pretty bold. So, yeah, I'm not like all in on on Lance like like you are. I, I've got probably some some more hesitation there. I, I need to see see more. Uh, but it is fascinating that the quarterbacks that end up playing in, you know, the the playoffs, the NFL playoffs, the Tom Brady's, the even Aaron Rodgers, they're not the mobile ones. But when it comes to fantasy, we're talking about all these guys that that run and pass, and um, they sneak into the top ten. So that's where Trey Lance. I, I understand your your desire from a, a run pass standpoint so we have to like turn our brains off a little bit from from nfl because it's still tom brady but but where, where's he where's he on your list you got him uh you got him at nine. I've, got, I've got him as number nine so not too nine. far down yeah i lean toward we'll talk about this on another episode i lean toward getting value late from quarterbacks so Derek carr trevor lawrence i'm going after guys like that matt ryan 
uh, I'm, I'm excited. If you, if, if Burrow slips, I like Burrow late. I just don't like Burrow early. That's the, that's the key for me. Um, all right, let's talk about tight ends and let's hear your top five. And then we'll, we'll go through the, uh, the full list of top 10. So number one, no surprise. We have Travis Kelsey. Number two is Mark Andrews. Three, we've got George Kittle. Four is Darren Waller. Five is Kyle Pitts, even though, you know, I called him as a bust earlier. He's going at number three. I think he finishes a little bit lower as number five. So what do you what do you think about that list of guys? Yeah, so I've made it clear I'm I'm in on Darren Waller, and I think I will make him my second tight end. So Kelsey, Waller, then probably Andrews, Kittle. All right, you're going to get to Dallas Goddard, but uh, he's got a chance to sneak into the top to the top five. That would be the one guy that I think has a has a shot there. So, all right, give us six through ten then. So six, I have Dalton Schultz. Seven is Dallas Goddard, like you said. Number eight is T.J. Hawkinson. Then I have Zach Ertz at number nine, and finishing out the top ten, I have Mike Gesicki. So I'm not a Gesicki guy. Um, you know, Ertz Ertz is kind of reliable. We know what he's capable of. Obviously, I'm not a Kyler Murray guy, but he'll still, you know, he's still going to put up some numbers. And I think Ertz now in his second season in Arizona. So it's funny because it was weird with Ertz and Goddard forever because it made it so difficult. All right, who's going to be the tight end in Philadelphia? Well, now that that's clear, Ertz can shine in Arizona. Goddard can shine in Philly. So I kind of like both those guys uh, to a certain extent. Hawkinson's the one for me that, that I, I'm torn on. So. I loved him last year. He he underachieved for me, but I had him in a ton of leagues. And I still I still think there's talent there. I think he's still an upper echelon tight end, but Detroit does have more weapons. So he was kind of the focal point. Does that open up things a little bit more? Because now the defense doesn't hone in on him. So that's always the debate. You want multiple weapons, so you're not the only guy, but then when you're the only guy, you get more targets. So I'll be curious how that plays out. Uh, Hawkinson at the right price for me. Uh, is going to be the key, but but he's still I'm, I'm fine. He's, I think he's a top ten guy for sure. But but which of these guys are you most excited about, or or who who rises maybe throughout the season uh, and exceeds rankings? So I'm really excited about Dalton Schultz because I think he is a great value right now in drafts. Usually when we have breakout tight ends like he was last year, it's because a guy got a lot of touchdowns in the red zone, which is not really a repeatable stat in fantasy football. But Schultz finished as the tight end three last year, and he did not score double-digit touchdowns. And now Amari Cooper is gone. He is the legit number two option in a really pass-heavy offense. I see no reason why he can't finish again as a top-five tight end because he still has room for his touchdowns to improve. I think he's going to have the same, if not more, targets with an increased role as the number two in the offense. I'm really excited to see what he can do this season. Legit. What do you think of that, Landon? Legit, not legit. Legit. I wonder what the answer is on that one. I like that. So, all right, he's legit. We might have to add it. We might have to add a segment. Who's legit? So, uh, Harrison with the accent there. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard that 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 often. So, I like. I like the the spin on uh, legit. All right, man. Well, good. Uh, good rankings. We'll we'll end it there. Um, you can access all of Harrison's rankings on our website, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Become a member today. So look into all of the content we make available to you. Uh, we got free stuff. I mean, this podcast is free, uh, but you can support what we're doing and become a member uh, by going to fantasyfootballfellowship.com and get the rest of the rankings 
as well. And we look forward to being back with you next week. We have so many more players to discuss, so much more to debate. Oh, there's always news coming out in the fantasy world to, uh, to take a look at, and we are here to coach you, encourage you, bring more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season, and help you win. So for Harrison, for our producers Landon and Chris, thanks so much for being with us here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a fantasy GM who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy GMs who follow Jesus together. Let's pound the table. We'll pound the table together and and, and tell people the good news of Jesus. So thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare.